The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Well, happy Victory Monday, Cowboys Nation. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Today is Monday, Victory Monday, October 24th. Your Dallas Cowboys are on another roll, it seems like. Uh, we get to celebrate another Victory Monday as they beat the Lions 24-6. to I'm Jess Navarro, your host for the day. I'm also joined by two incredible ladies you already know, Christy Scales and Aisha Morrison. Ladies, how are we feeling? What's our initial reactions to kick off this Victory Monday edition of Girls Talk, Boys Talk? Well, second half was really exciting and fun. <laughs> First half, trailing 6-3. to three. Even a few yeah. bluebirds as the team was going in. Could yeah. hear just a little bit, yeah. not a lot, but you could hear a ripple yeah. uh, leaving the sideline heading uh, as the team headed up the tunnel uh, <laughs> at, at halftime. But five takeaways in a half is amazing. And yeah. I think most people have heard by now the note that the last time the Cowboys accomplished that was uh, Super Bowl twenty seven against the Buffalo Bills, the 52-17 to win. And so... Um, a little foreshadowing maybe, Christy? Maybe so, you know. <laughs> Buffalo's yeah, the top contender in the AFC this year. And so it, it could, could be setting itself up. But uh, obviously the defense carrying uh, the team again yesterday and, and setting up short fields for the Cowboys offense. And though uh, Dak's return, statistically it was, it was good. High passer rating and uh, really uh, efficient second half, but still a ways to go on offense, uh, especially third down conversions and, and stuff, but uh, enough and uh, to get the win. But the main thing I came away with is how frustrating it has to be to be a Detroit Lions fan because they had so many opportunities yesterday and they've really got a talented team. And just to, and being a friend of, of uh, Dan's, you know, uh, Dan Campbell, the head coach, he just won it so badly for him. But, th- again, we've talked about, say it every week, the team that wins in the NFL is the one that does not make mistake, the, mm. one, the ones that avoid uh, shooting themselves in the foot. And the Lions did that plenty yesterday with uh, turnovers and penalties, and it really benefited the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I want to add to that about the Lions. I felt like coming off that bye, they threw some things. They came out there with a – a fire that they play very inspired football, I guess you want to say. But honestly, too, I mean, when you look at like, what is what was that gentleman's name? Um, Udoku, is that his name? Uh, uh, Okuda. Okuda, who's, rather. Who's from Wrong just guy. down the Wrong street, guy. South Grand Prairie. Absolutely, Okuda. Oh, like right. the mm-hmm. way they used him yesterday, I hadn't seen him used in that capacity that heavily where he was in the box, where he was almost like another run stopper. And they dedicated him to being in there. He, y'all. There were so many big plays that could have happened in the run game that he stopped. And they threw some things at the Cowboys that, I, I, like I said, I hadn't seen on film particularly beforehand. But offensively, when you talk about – I mean, this is going to be a – I think it's going to be a little bit of a process for this Cowboys offense. Not not so much in the run game. I felt like the pass the run pass blocking could have been better yesterday in some spots. But I feel like also um, this offense – to get in a hang and actually have like a passing threat and stuff like that is going to be a slow, progressive thing right now. They did use a lot of play action, I thought, too. But 
um, in, re in regard to Dak coming back, I feel like I saw some of the things I expected to see with him being a little rusty, the timing mm -hmm. of things with the receivers being different, even like he put the ball on the back shoulder of a couple of um, receivers a couple times that, you know, the ball placement should have been better there. But overall, offensively, uh, yeah, they did what they needed to do to, to win against a very gritty defensive Lions team, well, a Detroit Lions team, they were not playing yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> and I think, uh, you know, my initial reaction was being at the game. That first half was not so much fun. Uh, from a fan standpoint, it was, it was a little quiet. It was it was a little interesting second half, much more fun. Uh, I was actually sitting next to a couple of Lions fans, so uh, we, were, we were having a good time going a little <laughs> back and forth. They were very good sports, uh, but for the most part, I was luckily surrounded by Cowboys fans. It doesn't always turn out that way, but when it does, it's very fun. Um, I think as far as what we saw from Dak, it, it was expected. He had a little rust to shake off. Um, we we obviously knew he wasn't going to have a perfect game, but for his first game back after mm -hmm. a thumb injury on his throwing hand, it was pretty dang good. I mean, statistics will show it, but also you talk about just the morale that you could see being brought within the team, and and I, I got there a little late, so I didn't get to see the pregame warm-ups like I usually do, but what I did notice is right before the game, you see him uh, go to kind of the corner of the sideline and he's doing his little prayer moment and, and he does his his point up to his mom there and, and you see just a group of guys get behind him and they all get on their knees and they're all just having this really, really close-knit moment together. And, and I think that really set the tone for showing everybody, hey, our quarterback is back and, and I think more a morale boost, you know, still giving the flowers to Cooper Rush as he deserves. But um, it was just a very different mentality, I think. Christy, I wanted to ask you, did you notice any of that morale boost from Dak being back? What was that like on the sidelines? Well, I think that one of the storylines last week and going into the game was um, – Oh, Dak's back, and and you know uh, everyone's gonna get get that boost. And but oh, guard against you know slacking off because you know when the backup quarterback's in, everybody raises their game. And uh, when the Dak comes back, and okay, everything's fine now. You know they may slough off. That's that was never gonna happen with this team, and it was never gonna happen with this defense because uh, <laughs> they are still mad about what happened with the Philly game. Yeah, and the missed tackles. And uh, some of the run fits and things like that. And so um, Detroit coming in, we talked about how good their their run. They have really good running in the game. You know, they're the number three scoring uh, offense in the league. And um, it's that offensive line too, though. Maybe moving people. Detroit has a really good offensive line. You could argue that they are as good as the Eagles line. So what the Lions have done is invested in their run game and in the offensive line the way that the Cowboys have done over the past decade they have three first round picks on that offensive exactly. line and but see their run game the way that they do it is different because they have Jared Goff at quarterback instead of um uh, instead of Jalen Hurts so it's not the RPO that's going to kill you uh the way it is with Hurts because Goff's not that kind of threat but um the the talking to the coaches on the sideline before the game it's the um gap integrity mm -hmm. and things like that so sure. Um, also, uh, we found out before the game that Neville Gallimore was not going to be available. So this was going to be an important game for your guys up the, the middle, your big body defensive tackles. And then one of your top guys is unavailable because of a wrist injury, but also coach's decision. So that's one reason why Carlos Watkins was signed to the 53-man on Saturday. But, um, but yeah, the, this defense, they were, they were still teed off about last – 
week in Philadelphia, and so the Lions had to take uh, the brunt of it. But the thing is, the Lions still, they were able to move the ball. And, Aisha, you know, some yeah. of these really sustained drives, and if not for shooting themselves in the foot, the Lions, that is, with penalties and then those uh, takeaways in the second half, I mean, this, this was uh, as, as much as you would want to handle with a visiting team with a, just one win coming into AT&T yeah, Stadium. Yeah, when you talk about shooting themselves in the foot, I mean, when you look at the Cowboys, <laughs> honestly, when you think about the beginning of this game, the first half of that game, um, offensively, like, it's just, it's frustrating because you say to yourself, like, there were big plays there. There were opportunities there, but they got taken away from penalties. They got, like, when they started getting Don't in the get rhythm. Don't get me started on the penalties, I'm just being girl. honest. Don't like, get me started. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll, but that's we'll part of the that. reason why yeah. the Lions were able to stay in this game early because they made it dirty. Like, they made they made it difficult in the trenches, and you saw, like, the, the holding, like, the penalties. Those really changed the course of, like, some of these drives that the Cowboys had. And then also, too, I mean, they tackled well. I'm not – listen, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say I'm not a huge fan, a huge fan of how uh, the low tackling, but it's, it's, it's sustainable is what they did. And Zeke actually talked about, um, like, when he hurdled the guy, I guess he – practice hurdling this week because that is like the Detroit Lions are a good tackling team well they they try they came out and tackled well this game I'll say that yeah because on film again like on film you would say to yourself like it was in my notes like this defense doesn't tackle well jokes on me yeah jokes exactly. on me well, because they came out and tackled well yesterday and they made it very difficult on the Cowboys because even with that tackle with Noah Brown the Cowboys were moving the ball down the field. And it was legal, too. It was, was legal. legal. It's, yeah. it's totally yeah. legal. Like, yeah. you can't take anything from it. Totally legal. And Noah Brown gets flipped. Ball comes out of his hands. I mean, you're right there, like, yeah. a three-yard line. And you talk about the turnover differential and how it can change things. Yeah, go ahead. I, I think just all of that could be a product of their bye week and, and having a week to get healthy. Because, remember, the Lions were, were going through a little bit of the injury bug pre-bye week. So I think a lot of that, they came back fresh. The bye week did good for them in, in terms of being healthy enough to make those tackles. But overall, that tackling was ugly oh my goodness the, the lions were tackling low and they were going for those knees i mean a few scary points in the game Absolutely. just overall you had zeke uh looking like that hyper extension went on with his knee you had dalton schultz um, both of which came back to the game but definitely multiple instances where the lions were gonna show you we're not playing when it comes to these tackles yeah, yeah zeke ended up being a contusion uh, just above his knee, and uh, they did need help to the sideline, but both time, uh, Schultz and then uh, Zeke, once they got to the sideline, they didn't need any further medical attention, so that was good news. We'll talk about uh, Jordan Lewis and Matt Farniak in a little bit because not such good news for them, but uh, one thing that the Lions did with their, their bye week, uh, Aiden Hutchinson, who's the number Ooh. two overall pick in the draft and uh, had a couple of sacks yesterday, um, they do move him around the line, so he'll flip-flop sides and even move inside but one thing that uh, they did last week in practice was have him work with the linebackers so there were a couple times where he uh, was lined up and kind of like what they do what the Cowboys do with Mike it's not so much linebacker like you know five yards beyond the line of scrimmage but like as a stand-up rush end kind of thing so so they were very creative and they were like that one time that they got uh Hutchinson a one-on-one -on -one, uh with Tyler Smith and he got home and uh recorded a sack on that one but um yeah it was it, it, it's tough when you have um 
an unfamiliar opponent, an uncommon opponent. That's something that Mike McCarthy and the rest of the coaches talked about all week. It's an uncommon opponent. They're coming off a bye. And even though technically it wasn't a short week for the Cowboys, that Sunday night game yeah. and traveling all night, and, and Dak and the team, they didn't even have a regular full practice last Wednesday. You know, they um, it was abbreviated. So really Thursday was the only full – you know, Wednesday and Thursday are the heavy practice, uh, you call them install, game plan installation and stuff like that. So Dak's coming back, and yet he still didn't get the regular work that he would get on a Wednesday. I wanted to ask both of you all, if you could take a storyline out of this game, what is going to be the storyline after what we saw with Dak back in the pocket? What is your storyline going forward for this week, and what specifically, you know, whether regards to Dak or not, what are you going to be kind of honed in on this week? Aisha, I'll start with you, and then we'll jump to Christy. Uh, um, I think I think what I'll probably hone on this week is like just the continued involvement of the wide receivers and just how this receiver core continues to come together. I feel like the, the Cowboys are in it. Like they, the way that the Lions played defense yesterday, they were just they just weren't allowing the Cowboys to pass the ball, you know, down the field like that. So Dak had to take like, you know, the short underneath stuff and be patient about it. So I guess what I'm keying in on is like what's gonna happen, you know, after that patient those patient situations happen how does this offense take the next step forward especially with the receiving core we know what we can do in the run game right but like oh we know absolutely one two but punch you, but you're looking for what you can consistently get from right. you know the receiver core and things like that because we didn't talk about it but drops played a big role mm. yesterday and the offensive not success I guess you want to say also too so um yeah the, the development of this young receiver core and how they continue to mesh and and seeing how Dak, you know, continues to develop with them because this is this, this that was like almost their week one because this yeah, re, like exactly. brought up last week this receiving core is different yep. than what he even saw against the Bucks yep. and I think the Cowboys are gonna have to kind of earn it and I know that sounds like whatever but um, when you look at what the tape that the Cowboys have put out you know since what midweek last year or whatever the case may be the receiving like the receiving on the run game all the way around the offense has to consistently show that they can play well. Like, they got to get the respect of that de other defenses so they can get some stuff in the passing game. You're starting to see that, you know, teams respect the play action and, and things like that. But I think this receiver core is really going to have to come on with it and, and really show <laughs> that they can be dominant. Like, because you want it to be pick your poison, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of teams are bailing out to stop the run, right? Okay. Yeah. Make yeah. them pay. Exactly. Ooh, Make I love them that. pay every single time. There it is. Yeah, I love that. Christy, what about you? What is your storyline for well, the week? Well, I, I think it'll still be the Cowboys relying on the same formula and relying on the run and then take the shots downfield. Um, I thought it was really good with the tight ends, really efficient, you know, eight yeah. of eight, eight targets, Dalton eight catches. Uh, yeah, yeah, Dalton Schultz. So yeah. so very efficient there. But, but you're right about uh, wide receivers. One of the things that Mike McCarthy was asked about earlier today is Michael Gallup, uh, no catches, targeted a couple times. And one of the throws is a little bit behind kind yeah. of a tough play you know unfortunate unfortunate to not be able to to get that one there but but um it, it's going to go back to something that we've heard for the past month and it is uh, the Cowboys offense needing to improve on third down the third down efficiency is still pitiful oh, yes. so yet yesterday it was 33 percent three and nine that's 33 percent is pitiful but it's better than what it was coming into the game which yeah. was 32 point something so it was just a little bit Almost just a tiny Baby bit, but, but still awful. But yeah. but um, one thing that Coach McCarthy talks about is like with Michael Gallup not getting the catches, it's improving the amount of plays 
So the Cowboys only had 59 offensive plays yesterday. Your goal is to have – you want to have at least 70. And so when you're only getting 59, it it means you're getting fewer opportunities to get the ball down the field, to get a Michael Gallup uh, involved. And so how do you raise your number of plays? Well, guess what? Convert a third down. Yeah. Yeah. You know that would be yeah. that would be helpful. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so they, the they they know that, and 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 they know it. Everybody knows the the problem. Uh, they're just not haven't been able to solve it yet. And yes, they are devoting more time in practices to third down situations. So hopefully, some of that work during the week will manifest yeah. itself in what we see on Sundays. But it's going to be tough again. The Bears now they're playing tonight. We're as we tape this, it's a Monday afternoon. The Short Bears week. are playing the Patriots tonight. Short week for them, and they're on the road going to mm. New England. So. They really drew, draw the short straw this week, having to travel again on a short week. But it, it's going to be – I mean, I'm not scared of the Bears' offense, but defense, you know, it's not going to be easy again this week. And, again, it's another unfamiliar opponent. Yeah, but. Micahs, Tigers, and Bears. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know what? Along uh, Aisha's point, too, something she had mentioned a couple weeks ago was you can't even talk about their down efficiency when the second down efficiency isn't even there to begin with either. So something to keep an eye on is, is the improvement there. But to your point about the wide receiver core, what I'm interested to see, and, and this isn't just a storyline I'm going to keep an eye on really this week, but it's going to be through the span of the next few weeks, and eh, not including the week obviously but how many other wide receivers or even just tight ends you're going to see emerge Dalton Schultz is a perfect example of hey where has he been the last few weeks especially battling that knee injury but he showed up he was very clutch yesterday for Dak Prescott that was I, I think expected that's that's uh he was clutch I mean even week one but then you know battling that injury but it was interesting to see his his fight and his grit yesterday really return uh with Dak Prescott somebody else of course I will always keep an eye on hopefully getting him integrated into the offense more as Cavante Turpin and uh, I'm still waiting for the storyline to say I told you guys he was going to take it home this week that punt return was gorgeous beautiful what was it 52 yards I had it written down 52 52 yard punt return this is that was his longest of the season so far I say so far because like I said I'm really rooting for him to take it home you guys yeah KJ tried so hard he was right there like yeah KJ Kelvin Joseph was gunning down there you know trying to throw that last block and honestly Turpin was just too he was just too fast like he couldn't even get there to throw that last block on the kicker but to your point though no it's it's field position had to me has been been such an intricate part of whether the Cowboys lose the game, how they win the game, or whatever the case may be um, through this season. And um, Kevontae Turpin getting in a groove this last couple weeks um, is, I think, is important. His ability to flip the field. Cowboys haven't had a a good returner, I want to say a steady returner that actually was a threat um, in a while now. And I just, I like the fact that it's just another thing for defenses to worry about. I wanted to talk about that, like your third down thing, though. Like, that was huge. Like, well, we do have to take a break. So we have, we'll go back to We have plenty to talk about, y'all. Coming up here after the next break, we're talking about some very unfortunate injury news. We're talking a little bit more about what was good, bad, and maybe a little ugly from this game. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be right back. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation, so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys.
All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, uh, officially brought to you by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to get to more Cowboys football in a second, but first let's talk sounds of the star. Live music fans, make sure to head to the star in Frisco on Wednesday, October 26th for a brand new monthly concert series, Sounds of the Star, featuring the spectacular Southern soul band Prophets and Outlaws. The concert kicks off at 7 p.m. It is free and open to the public, so if you want information on that, you can visit thestarinfrisco.com. So uh, we're actually going to kick this segment off with some very unfortunate injury news uh, that broke out uh Earlier this morning, I think, is when, when we, we heard it uh, first. But that involves uh, Jordan Lewis. And, and, Christy, I know you have some very great insight on this specific kind of injury. So I'm going to let you talk about it a little bit more. But it does look like he will be out for the season with a foot injury that, Christy, I'm not going to try to pronounce it again <laughs> yeah. because it already went in one ear, out the other. Um, but can you give us a little insight on what you know about this specific kind of foot injury? Sure. It's called a Liz Frank fracture. And uh, Liz it basically means the middle part of your, your foot there. Uh, a lot of times it can be a sprain, but it can also be um, a fracture. So it happened on Jordan Lewis's interception in the second half. Um, he was unable to put any weight on that foot as he had to be helped. They weren't even bringing him to the bench area or the blue medical tent. They were going to take him straight up the mm -hmm. end zone tunnel towards the x-ray room. And they got him to the sideline, but they didn't even get him past the 30-yard line, guys. They got him to the sideline. They waited there um, and called for the cart to come get him. So he, he had to be carted off. But um, Liz, this is – Gosh, my first year on the sideline, maybe 1999, um, I've heard this term of like, what does that mean, Liz Frank? And so I asked Dr. Drew Dossett, who uh, is a former team orthopedist for the Cowboys, and it's actually named for the French surgeon. Uh, he was a, it's a Jacques Liz Franck de Saint-Martin. But anyway, he, um, in the 1800s, he was Napoleon's doctor. And um, during the Napoleonic Wars, 
uh, did things for the, the French cavalrymen. So a Liz Frank fracture is most associated with equestrian injury. So oh, people wow. on horses, so your foot is caught in a stirrup. And, oh. you know, you fracture or sprain your foot. So yeah. uh, it's that middle part of the foot. Mm-hmm. And then uh, currently, cer- certainly it happens in football and other sports, but you think about snowboarding or wakeboarding, things like that where your foot is, you know, like in, you know, attached to the board or something like that and then comes off. And so uh, it could be a very serious uh, injury. And uh, Jordan actually had surgery last night, so they didn't even wait until the next day. So him uh, missing the rest of the season, there's a really serious domino effect there because Jordan isn't just a cornerback. He's a nickel quarterback, and being able to play in the slot is so important. It's such a a unique skill set because when you're in there, when you're in all that traffic, you got to be real physical. Of course, Jordan's a smaller guy, but still very physical. you got to be willing to get your nose in there, right, because there's more traffic in there. Um, sometimes you're matched up with – it's not always little Wes Welker or Cole Beasley type. Sometimes it could be a bigger guy, a tight end or something like that. But it's a unique – it's a hard thing to find a good nickel cornerback in the NFL. So it's going to be real interesting to see if the Cowboys stick with Deron Bland, the, the rookie draft pick. He finished the game for Jordan yesterday in the fourth quarter. Will they move Anthony Brown? inside Mm, to to be the the nickel corner because Anthony has played that a lot in his Cowboys career and then you can put Kelvin Joseph outside um you know some some different things that that you can do but um Aisha you you know how hard it is to to fill that thing that there aren't too many good nickel corners in the NFL yeah and then when you talk about you know some of the things that Jordan Lewis does like like when you talk about his size, like he's not a bigger guy, but he isn't afraid to get in there and and tackle and whatever the case may be. Now with Deron Bland, well, actually, I was listening to Mike McCarthy's press presser before I got here, and he mentioned uh, maybe Nation Wright getting more opportunities as well. And it's just yeah, it's, but I think he would be on the outside. Well, tracking he's, that, yeah, tracking mm-hmm. that. But mm-hmm. I just wanted to mention, like to yeah. your point though, the domino effect is mm-hmm. that you know Jordan being out also allows a guy to be brought up as well. So Absolutely. that can change the way that maybe this roster looks as well. Maybe there's another person they've been waiting to elevate, et cetera, et cetera. But um, as far as that position, I'm glad that Deron Bland has shown showed us through training camp preseason that he's not afraid even playing in that Cincinnati game no, he, going he did in really playing, well exactly yeah. he's anything in, but bland tracking that tracking <laughs> that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fool for good yeah, puns he, here he was one of the stars of camp yeah, yeah he, he was, was a breakout and it star was consistent camp. Yeah. and it was consistent that's also right too, that's he important. also played and because that's what I look for in, in camp settings and stuff and who who am I consistently hearing about mm-hmm. and one thing he consistently did was get his hand he, he just has a nose for the ball y'all and when you look at really how a lot of teams are playing the Cowboys they're attacking with these middle crossing routes and things like that so him getting in there with his size and some of his grit I am interested to see and in how he adjusts but I think this is the right guy for this situation to have to step up in that role because he hasn't shown you um, any other ca- capacity that he's not capable of doing that right now and fitting into what this offense what this defense does but um, it's a tough loss you Jordan Lewis like he's been a, a big part of what they do defensively and like you said like he's still a it may not seem like a big deal but the nickel oh, corner that it position it's a big deal is something that like because Duran even it's it's not just the playing it's the mental as well that he's gonna have to you know adjust to as well so I'm glad that he gets a full week of work 
as opposed to last time. He, hopefully he'll be getting first, you know, first sure. team reps and getting in there and getting the feel for things. Sure. And we'll see how he, he fills in. I, yeah. I think he'll be all right, though. We're definitely sending all of our well wishes and uh, fast, full, speedy recovery to Jordan Lewis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Farniak was another name thrown out as far as injuries. Christy, yeah. have you heard anything yeah, about that? Yeah, that was a, a hamstring injury, and, man, it looked really bad. I talk about being he had also had to be helped to the sideline. Yeah. Actually, they took him straight up up uh, the tunnel. He could put no weight on that leg. And the injury occurred blocking on the extra point after Zeke's first touchdown of the second half. And ironically, uh, Farniak, who's an offensive lineman, had come into the game as the fullback clearing the path to get Zeke into the end zone. Mm-hmm. So they score. Then they have the extra point and Farniak's down on his backside after that play, grabbing for his leg, and you could see that it was uh, serious. It's a hamstring injury. The Some of the early things that we're hearing are six to eight weeks. Uh, it's not the same, uh, the severity. It, as far as we know right now, not the severity of the hamstring injury that Tyron Smith mm-hmm. suffered at training camp when we got back here to Frisco and had training camp at the Star that's going to keep Tyron out. Uh, hopefully Tyron will be back in December. But you talk about domino effects? Yeah. Holy smokes, because uh, Farniak, yes, he can play fullback. Uh, he's your backup guard, and he's your backup center. Yep. And so when you lose that, the, the, what they'll probably do is have Alec Lindstrom, who is uh, on the practice squad now, whether they sign him to the 53-man or you can elevate him a couple more times. He's already been elevated once, maybe twice, um, once for sure. But uh, Alec could serve as your Farniak's role as your backup center and backup guard. But then, you know, uh, Josh Ball, who's your backup tackle, who's been getting a little work at, at backup guard, will he get some extra work at backup guard? Yeah. And so, uh, well, let's go, by the way, last week, who was your backup left tackle going on IR with uh, shoulder subluxations. So he's going to be out for uh, a while, if not the entire season. And so Jason Peters yeah. is your backup left tackle instead of Wiletsko. So he's having to take practice reps at left tackle and not just uh, left guard. So, um Again, Matt Farniak, it's, unless you're a really, really big Cowboy fan, and we know that you are because you're watching Girls Talk, Boys Talk, and watch the podcast. But, I don't know. Some but of these Eagles fans like to yeah, tune in sometimes, yeah. Christy. No, he's, he's, a name, he's, he's, he's a name that's not going to get star billing, but yeah. but uh, a key role player on this team. What I, I will say is hearing you talk about you know all of these names and players in the different positions, it's it really shows the depth and the versatility and, the, and all of these players on all sides of the ball. I mean, you have the defense. That we're constantly talking about there's depth and and there's versatility within the defense, but also the offense. I mean, the offensive line specifically, um, if since that's what we're talking about, you look at just all of the different places these guys can shift around, and that's not easy to do. I think that deserves more respect and more attention. Is that has to do with little things, muscle memory things, footing, where where your placement is, and the fact that these guys can be so on and ready for really any kind of change to be on that rotation. I think that's absolutely yeah. incredible. I, I'm so glad you mentioned that, Jess, because I was having a conversation with Josh Ball on the sideline of early, early pregame. And um, so he's a guy, he played left tackle in college, but now with the Cowboys, he's backup right tackle, now a backup guard. And, um, uh, you know, he was talking about the difficulty of making that transition because he's played 
outside his whole life and then getting moved in you say it's like working in in a phone in booth, a phone yeah. booth. Yeah. yeah and so uh, and different skill set the main thing is your your footwork is really different too and actually he and I were talking about footwork more than anything else but uh, versatility is important one thing that happened yesterday uh, with the uh, line and in using versatile guys in different ways that we haven't seen yet this year Jason Peters uh, he got nine offensive snaps in the game but only four of them came at left guard he only played one series in place of Connor McGovern at left guard but he did have five other plays where he came in uh, as an extra tackle base or you could say extra tight end what however you want to phrase it but on those uh, plays uh, usually short yardage situation where you have him so mm-hmm. so um, it's not unusual to send a, a tackle out there that happens all the time in football where you send an extra offensive tackle out there to be like a, a third tight end or just a jumbo package for short yardage but we hadn't seen them use Jason Peters in that fashion now the other thing is with Jason Peters if you are going to um, since you don't have Farniak at fullback now uh, Connor McGovern has played that role particularly last year so Hulk if you package. wanted you in the Hulk package mm-hmm. you, you, you could take McGovern and have him play fullback and substitute Jason mm-hmm. Peters in so it goes to your point Jess about uh, the versatility yeah. uh, particularly among the offensive linemen I wanted to go down some of the stats since we haven't done that yet from the game just looking at a quick rundown of these stats the Cowboys had a total of 191 passing yards 139 rushing yards yards and let's see they had 21 first downs third down efficiency like we had talked about three out of nine yikes uh total plays they had 59 total plays they allowed two sacks but on the other side of that uh they got five sacks from the cowboys defense go cowboys defense um they had seven penalties for 55 yards but on the flip side of that the lions had actually eight penalties for 59 yards this was a penalty game for really everybody time of possession this is something we always talk about here on the podcast was uh not as important in this game seeing that they won but it still should be a matter of importance uh the Lions had the ball for 31 minutes and 14 seconds the Cowboys had the ball for 28 minutes and 46 seconds now we're talking about the defense they had five sacks from Micah Donovan Wilson Sam Williams he had himself a game he had two sacks and Dorrance Armstrong two interceptions one from Trayvon Diggs one from Jordan Lewis and three fumble recoveries Dan Quinn Get your flower shop again, my guy. Please. <laughs> Somebody give Dan Quinn a flower shop and just send him in there every week to pick whatever he wants. Just uh, absolutely dominating second half, we'll say, uh, from the Cowboys overall. So just what really jumps out to you both about those stats? And and we talk about here how sometimes stats don't even tell the full story of the game. It's uh, But it is impressive when you have some defensive stats like that. Aisha, what is something, uh, talking about those stats, that jumps out to you when we're mentioning them? I mean, well, really what stands out is just the, the second half adjustments, I guess. Um, this is something that I think we've seen. I think it plays into what you were talking about, Christy, earlier, the unfamiliar opponent. Um, you know, taking some time to kind of figure out what they're doing exactly and how to attack it. And you honestly, on film, you can see the difference in the second half from the defense almost immediately. Like, uh, J. Ron Curse made a tackle early, like very early, and you could just see that they were they were just flying to the ball a little bit faster and they were a little bit more decisive, kind of knew what they were looking at. Um, but as far as, like, I mean, the turnovers, obviously the turnovers were the – the difference maker in the game and like last week they were the difference maker in the game for the Eagles um, yeah. just capitalize the Cowboys capitalize 
off of those short fields. Um, the Trayvon Diggs turnover, like all they they capitalize off of getting those turnovers. I'm sorry, and um, to me that's the difference to me in the game. And crazy enough, like when you look at time of possession, like you're talking about, yeah, like the 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 Lions definitely beat the Cowboys there. But that last drive, the last drive that the Cowboys put together, I took, I think it took like five minutes of some chains off of the board. Um, that was, that's what you want to see in the fourth quarter. They, they picked it up in the fourth quarter, obviously the most important quarter, um, and they put it together at the end to make that time of possession thing. I don't, I don't like that the Lions won, but when it was important, they dominated um, and dominated on the clock. Yeah. yeah. That Cowboys, it was the ninth drive, right, Christy? If I'm, if I'm thinking right, it was the ninth drive where um, we talk about penalties guys and I know I'm just such a such, I'm just beating the dead horse with the penalties however this drive showed why it could be a killer because it could have been a different outcome that second Zeke touchdown might not have happened if the Lions didn't shoot themselves in the foot with not one but two penalties uh within that same time yeah, one of those was questionable it, it was and the Lions defense I would be really upset I mean yeah. but there was just penalties everywhere from from everybody on on both sides uh, uh, going back I'm gonna go I'm gonna go look tonight to see which one's were questionable but there was a few like like Christy said but really um somebody else that I wanted to make sure we talked about and gave flowers to today was Ezekiel Elliott because man the grit Zeke has just the fight and the power even after um you you know I I was at the game so I didn't see up close the the knee injury or you know whatever when it happened it, it looked bad it, it was right in front of me and yeah. it looked bad and and I looked on Twitter instantly like oh how bad is it that's yeah. your first reaction sure. right is what how bad is it what happened and it looked bad and and he was down for quite a minute I think I don't oh well, I can't remember a time where Zeke was down like that really yeah, ever that, that's exactly what I was gonna say Zeke always gets up and and, and so he always gets up and so yeah. when he needs help getting up you know it's so spoiled yeah. We yeah. are spoiled. We spoiled because running backs don't, they don't, they not last than like he's Zeke just is right so now. Tough. He, he's, he's not just tough, he's unselfish. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. does the gritty, dirty stuff. And what you were talking about, Aisha, that final drive, and they're able to sustain that commitment to the run game. And Zeke talked about it post game. You keep hitting them in the mouth, hitting them in the mouth, hitting them in the mouth. And then the, the defense wears down, and that's exactly what happened. This is the formula that the, the Cowboys have had success with prior to the Eagles game, uh, <laughs> but, but that should continue. And one important thing, because I know so much, I don't know why fans are down on Zeke. He's, of course he's not the home run hitter that he was his first couple years in terms of the home run threat of breaking the, the big plays. Yes, that's Tony Pollard. But the, a really important point that Coach McCarthy made today, when you are an offensive play caller, when you're Kellen Moore, and it doesn't matter if it's Tony Pollard or Zeke Elliott in the game, you can call the same plays mm. because they both can do the same thing. Usually running back combinations, it's kind of a thunder-lightning. We talked about yeah. you know thunder-lightning. That's what Detroit had. DeAndre Swift wasn't able – uh, to play yesterday because of injury. But usually you have your kind of hit him in the mouth guy and then you've got your fast guy. Well, those are different skill sets and you run different kinds of plays. But when Tony and Zeke, you don't when Kellen doesn't have to alter things by who's in the game, that's a really a um, unique and great thing for a play caller. Yeah, I want to add to that. Like Tony Pollard, 
I mean, I think it gets lost in translation, but he's not afraid of he's not afraid of dipping his shoulder. Oh, he's, he's tough too. Yeah. He yeah. showed that yes, he showed that you know on a he showed that again yesterday. I'll say that because I think he's shown it multiple times. Um, but yeah, these running backs are, are toting that rock, y'all. Like, don't get it twisted. Like, they are really running with power, and their their vision is good typically as well. Yeah, of course. But um, I think also too, I think the run blocking early in this game was they gave they. The defensive line for the Lions gave the Cowboys fits early in this game. So for them to settle in and finally get things the right side, um, looking at the game over again in the second half, Terrence Steele and what Zach Martin and Terrence Steele was able to do in the run game was dominant in a lot of areas um, to get that drive and to score on that drive. Um, but I do agree with you that it is a unique situation that the Cowboys have with these running backs. Like you said, it's not just thunder and lightning. Like Lightning can give you some thunder, too, at this point in time sometimes. So I want to I continue to see them run the ball as well. I, I think we saw Tony in a passing situation, too, earlier. Sure. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Well, th- that's something that we were kind of We've promised going into <laughs> camp. You know, oh, yeah. we're gonna he can he can play receiver. You know, he did that at Memphis, and we can really incorporate him in the passing game. We hadn't really seen that yet. Yeah. But hey, we're only seven games. Well, well games. And, and that goes back to what we yes. had mentioned earlier was this was setting the ground foundation exactly. for what the Cowboys' offense could be. Coming up after this next break, we're going to talk about who gets our game ball. So, ladies, I want you to simmer on this through this commercial break. We will be right back. This is girls. Talk Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome 
Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to talk who gets our game ball, but first let's talk rally day number five. Head to AT&T Stadium on Saturday, October 29th to experience rally day presented by SeatGeek. Get ready to cheer on your Dallas Cowboys with tours of AT&T Stadium, ticket giveaways, games, inflatables, and even more. Visit attstadium.com slash rally days for tickets and more information. Sounds like a good time. Something I've yet to do. I've yet to go to a rally day, but I've also yet to actually step foot on the Cowboys turf because when I did my stadium tour, it was the college football turf. So yeah, there's three, di- bucket list. three different turfs at the, the field. So there's one for soccer, there's one for college football, and then, of course, Cowboys NFL. And yeah. I know what you're thinking. They roll it up for NFL and put a different one for college because you've got the blue Cowboys, you know, the logos in the end zone, and you got the blue star. Now, it's not ca- – because of that, it's because in college, the hash marks are wider yeah. than they are in the NFL. In the NFL, the hash marks are the exact width of the uprights of the goalposts. And so when you have 18 and a half her. feet, it, anyway, so um, <laughs> when you have a college game, you, that that's – it rolls up in five-yard increments yeah. They and uh, literally a forklift. It rolls out like carpet. So anyway, that's why they change it out. And then for soccer, of course, completely different. But see, you should see we it. Love you. There's a street sweeper that goes with the little brushes after they lay it down, <laughs> and they, they put the little black pellets in there. It's yeah. ground up tires you know and the little street sweeper and those little black pellets are flying everywhere so oh, christy yeah. we love you oh, she has so many cool stories y'all if you ever get to meet christy she has a story for every it's amazing i, I spent half my know. life at that, <laughs> that place. Yeah. i've been stuck here all right real quick we have about one minute left so let's go around who gets your game ball christy we're gonna start with you can i be king solomon and split the ball in half? go weak. ahead go ahead yeah okay micah and sam Okay. Michael Parsons. Now, two of the biggest plays, they don't show up in the stat sheets as anything other than tackles, but tackling uh, the tight end uh, right at the one-yard line and then the fumble the next play. I mean, that was the key sequence in the game, in in my opinion. But Sam Williams, it was a coming-out party. You mentioned his stats with the the two sacks, the forced fumble, fumble recovery, all of that, and that was just on 14 plays. It's insane. It is. He's so talented. Yeah. He's so talented. So exciting. Credit to this coaching staff, the defensive coaching staff, for what they are doing with Sam. He will tell you he's so honest. He's very raw, and he came into this very raw. So seeing him do so well is dope. Uh, my game ball goes to Demarcus Lawrence. Ooh. Oh, punching the ball out. Absolutely. We love a good take. That's a great game ball. Absolutely. I think he's having one of the best years I've ever seen him have, and uh, I'm just glad he got guys around him now to help him out. He looks very vintage, if you will. And so my (laughs) game ball, we're staying on the topic of vintage. I'm going to give it to Leighton Vander Esch because – that has been a name we haven't gotten to talk about really most of the season. I think he's very forgotten about, very underlooked, very underappreciated. He had the most tackles in this game. He he had an active game. So yeah. it was it was good mm-hmm. to see uh, the wolf howling once again. I definitely love that. But I also love doing this with y'all every Monday. So unfortunately, it is time to wrap things up. Thank you, ladies, so, so much for joining us. Uh, for just of ours, Christy Scales and Aisha Morrison, this was Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and we'll see you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your Victory Monday. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!